everybody. Welcome to the Write or Die show. I'm your host, Randy Lee Boswell. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Kayla Brucey. Welcome, Kayla. Super excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. Tell us a little bit about who Kayla is. Well, a little bit about me. Gosh, there's a lot to know. <laughs> well, I am a mom and I'm a wife. And on top of that, my professional roles are a certified life coach and holistic healing practitioner. I'm an author, a speaker, and a marketing strategist. So I have, I wear a lot of hats, so to yeah. speak, but it's, uh, it keeps me entertained and I'm never bored. So that's always a good thing. And having these multiple roles always helps keep my creativity going and gives me lots of ideas, which is always fun. Oh, excellent. Yeah, that's a lot. I didn't, when you started going, I was like, oh my goodness, that's a lot. <laughs> But no wonder you need like an office space button to keep it all yes, organized. <laughs> exactly. I need the office space to attempt to keep myself organized these days. Oh, I and like that. Husband, attempt. Yeah, attempt. Full transparency. I attempt. I mean, I have my stuff pretty, I mean, I'm pretty organized, but let's be honest. There's, there's days I fall through and I'm like, eh, I'm not as organized as I want to be. Yeah, and with having I'm... multiple businesses, you know, you have to have, you have to be organized to a certain extent. Yeah, so definitely. Without it, things would just be a complete mess. And, you know, I'm not perfect, but at least I try to keep everything together. Yeah, it's all you can do is try. Exactly. All right. We're going to dive right into that rabbit hole and sure. tell us about the mental health that you've struggled with. Sure. So I lost my dad. Uh, it'll be, it was just four years ago in actually on the 13th of this month in May. And after he had passed, my world was just completely rocked. I was really close with my dad and I really struggled afterwards after he had passed. And it really hit me that he was really gone and he was no, you know, he wasn't going to be coming back. And I promised my dad that I would take care of my family and that I would be the support system and make sure that everyone was taken care of because he essentially passed that torch to me. And I didn't really realize the amount of stress and pressure that that was going to be put on me at the time. And I really struggled with admitting that I couldn't do it all myself. And I was really struggling with not only just my grief, but just really the traumatic experience of, you know, I, I mean, I was there. I was, I held my dad's hand. I watched him take his last breath. I mean, I was there every moment of everything that he'd gone through. And it was just really traumatic. And it took a long time for me to really accept that there was something more going on with just, just the grief and loss. And it wasn't until I essentially had a breakdown and I flipped out and snapped at my son who was, gosh, three, three and a half at the time. I mean, he was still really little. I mean, he still is, but he was little and I flipped out over something so menial. And I, you know, hindsight's 2020. I laugh about it now because I'm like, gosh, I was really stupid. But in the moment, it was just the biggest thing ever for me. And it was all over because he wouldn't pick up his matchbox cars. Oh. <laughs> so a normal, a normal kid thing. Yeah, exactly. Something so normal. And I mean, he's three and a half. I mean, you know, they don't really know how to pick up their toys yet. But I gave him a warning and told him that he needed to pick him up because if he didn't pick him up, I was going to pick him up and they were going to go on the garbage. Well, he challenged me. And so because I was so angry and just at that point where I was just going to burst, everything just blew up. And it wasn't until I saw him crying and looking at me like I was a monster and I could tell that he was afraid that it really snapped me into reality that I needed to get help, that I needed to acknowledge that there was something really going on and I needed to not be ashamed that 
uh, I needed to seek out help and to figure out what was really happening, you know, in my life and what was going on in my head. And so I made an appointment and went into the doctor. And from there, I was diagnosed with a major depression, um, generalized anxiety disorder, and having signs of PTSD. And that was a huge blow to my ego <laughs> because I was a strong weather family. I wasn't supposed to crack and fall. You know, I wasn't supposed to be the one that was struggling, you know, with everything. And on the outside, I had the smile on my face and I was carrying on and trucking along and just doing everything I could do. But on the inside, I was drowning and I just, I was really screaming for help, but I kept trying to push it down. So I graciously accepted the help of my doctor and got on some medication to get the ball rolling and to really just give me the extra push and help that I needed at the time. Cause it was, it got to be pretty bad. There were days that I didn't want to get out of bed. I was sleeping more. I was extremely irritable, obviously, <laughs> you know, I was crying all the time. I was going through periods where I was binge eating and then I wasn't eating. Um, I even went through periods where I couldn't sleep, even though I was really tired. And so it was just, it was constant ups and downs and just a mix. I was a hot mess. And in the middle of all that, trying to run my house, take care of my son, run multiple businesses, you know, intend to my own needs in the process as well as, you know, I had a husband too. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. a lot. So it's no wonder that the, the walls around me came crumbling down because as I was trying so hard to keep them stable, I just really wasn't. I wasn't taking care of me. And that was the big thing. If I'm not taking care of myself, I can't serve everyone else and I can't help be the foundation for everyone else. Yes, that is such a good point. So I just want to pause there for a second mm -hmm. because people don't realize that if you are not taking care of yourself, you mm -hmm. can't take care of anyone, everyone else. Mm -hmm. We tend to think of caring for ourselves as this last thing on the list. Mm -hmm but it needs to be the first thing on the list. Now, I'm not saying you have to take an entire day and go to a spa or something. Yeah. I mean, that'd be great. Yeah, but exactly. I'd love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say no if somebody wants to take me, but it's not mm -hmm. that it has to be that big type of thing. It could be 15 minutes sitting outside. Like in between mm -hmm. interviews, I just went outside to the back porch, sat in the sun for 15 minutes and I was like, okay, I feel better mm -hmm. now. Yeah, absolutely. It's just prioritizing yourself. And it doesn't have to be anything big or major. And that really is what I started to do after I got on that medication is I knew that I didn't want to stay on the medication, but I also knew that I needed it to get me to the point where I could start taking better care of myself because I really wasn't. And after a few months, I weaned myself off the medication and I focused more on the holistic methods of being able to manage my depression and anxiety. And that's what I've been doing now for the last you know couple of years is just using those holistic methods. But just going for a walk around the neighborhood really helped me, you know, change of scenery, getting the fresh air, just listening to nature, um, you know, using a, you know, essential oils and other aromatherapy exercise. <laughs> I really started to get more into exercise, even if it was a 15 minute walk in my basement or around the block, it was, it was something, it was better than nothing. It was, yeah. it was not me sitting at my computer working all day, just trying to power through or sitting in my bed, trying to sleep because I didn't want to face the world. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> sitting in a blanket fort because you can hide from the world. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's like, that's uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah, if anything, encourage yourself to just get up and move and and take action into really just putting yourself first. You know, even for me, like I really even struggled with just getting myself to go and shower and 
just taking care of myself. And there'd be days that go by, which is, I mean, it's really sad when I think about this and it's like, gosh, when did I shower last? And I knew it wasn't like days beyond days, but I was in that period where I couldn't even remember when the heck I showered last. And I was like, okay, if I can't, if I can't remember, even if it's been two days, it's a problem. I need to get my butt in the shower and I need to do something about that. Yeah. And you, when you're in that moment and you're so, when you're in that depressed state and things are just all in disarray, things just, you forget. And that's really part of that depression too, is you forget things so easily, mm-hmm. so simple as when yeah. it was the last time you showered or brushed your teeth, <laughs> just like, yeah, no, you forget. So there were some very clear, uh, very clear signs for me that things were definitely going on. And you know, we have a history of depression and anxiety in our family. So it's really not surprising that I have it, <laughs> even though I didn't want to admit that I had it or that there was anything yeah. you know, wrong with me, so to speak. Nobody wants to admit that. Yeah, they don't, they don't. And it really was a hit to my ego because it, you know, it was, I knew there was something going on, but I didn't want to admit that that's what it was. And it, even though I had family members that are like, you know, Kayla, I think you're really depressed. And I'm like, I'm not depressed. There's nothing wrong with me. And I sat there and I was adamant about, I was perfectly fine and I was okay. But in reality, I really, you know, I really wasn't. So yeah. it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to have the courage to say that you need help. Um, and it takes a lot of bravery to admit that and to be able to accept the help that you need it and not be afraid that you know, you're getting the help that you need. And for me, one of the big things that I had to work through was just, was really feeling the shame of having a mental illness. And I went through even periods of, you could say stigmas of people saying, well, you don't have a mental illness. It's just, it's just all in your head. And I kind of laugh because yeah, it, it is in yeah, your head. That's why we call not, it mental illness, not you know, my not in broken finger. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's all in your head and, you know, just get outside and exercise more and drink more water, take better care of yourself and it'll go away. And, you know, don't, God forbid, do not tell anybody that you have a mental illness because it's going to impact your business and you're going to lose clients and all of this stuff. And it's like, you know, that this is part of who I am and it's part of my journey and it's part of my story. And the way that I see it is if, if my story can help someone else that's going through this, then I've done my part. You know, it, it's inspiring when I hear other stories from people that have really gone through something really, you know, traumatic or um, really just challenging and they've been able to power through and come through. Now, obviously what I go through and my process may not be similar to someone else's, but my story may resonate with someone else and it might give them the hope and the inspiration to be able to take that step and admit that they need to get help or they need to be on medication or they need to change their life or whatever it is. So I have a very different outlook on the way that I share things about my life as I'm an open book and it probably makes my family cringe a little. <laughs> yeah, but hey, I'm, you know. I'm with you on that one. I mean, I've literally written books about my depression and stuff and yeah. I don't name names in my books, Yep. but if my family picks it up, they know darn well who I'm talking about. Oh yeah, exactly. They do. And for me, like one of the big things, you know, after I lost my dad and a colleague reached out to me to contribute in her anthology, I decided to write the chapter and I wrote a chapter all about losing my dad and talked about the turmoil I went through and being diagnosed with my mental illness and shared all that in the story and that writing experience, even though it was only like 3000 some words, it was the most therapeutic writing I could have done for myself. 
And I cried typing through every single word of that chapter, but it was the healing and the release that I needed. And honestly, that really helped me just fall in love with, with really sharing my story and writing and being okay with being vulnerable and being okay with telling people about, you know, all the not so great things that are going on in my life that Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. Nobody is. You don't need to always exactly. see my highlight reel. <laughs> like, let's yes. be honest. Let me show you the messy middle. Let me show you the things oh my where so the world husband, is not perfect. <laughs> yeah. My husband was just telling me about these, these Instagram videos that he's been seeing about people who, so my husband had um, his kid at 16. I had mine at 19. So mm-hmm. teenage parents. Yeah. And so he's seeing all these Instagram reels talking about how people always say that having a a kid as a teenager is just so hard. It's going to ruin your life, but I'm making six figures now. And the person's like in their thirties, which is fine because we're doing quite well now too. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the past 16 years were easy. Yeah, exactly. No, those past 16 years were difficult. They were preparing you for what you are at now. Exactly. It's it, But those those videos, when, when I see them or when I hear about them, I'm like, all you're doing is telling people it. you were totally fine. You never struggled. Mm-hmm. No, it was a struggle. Going through college with an infant was hard. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have to go through that, but I've seen, you know, my sisters, they, they were young moms and they went through it, trying to go through college. And I was right there helping them with their kids. It doesn't make it easy. No, no. And I think that's part of the thing. Like we need to normalize the struggle. We need to normalize the things that are going on in our lives, like mental illness or grief and loss or things like that. These uncomfortable conversations, but they're really not uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, exactly. That's, that was why I shared that story. Yeah. So I'm glad you know, that you when, got the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when you tell someone that, yeah, you know, I struggle with, you know, anxiety and they kind of look at you like you're weird. And it's like, well, this is part of me. Like if you want to get to know me, you need to understand that sometimes I may be just having a really bad day Yeah. and I may not be able to do the things that you want me to do. Or, you know, if I tell you, you know, no, not today, it's probably one of those days where I'm just really having a bad day with anxiety and I'm working through it. And show yourself some grace that when you have those bad days, because let's be honest, you're going to have good days and you're going to have your bad days. But when you have those bad days, show yourself some grace. Just know that it's unplugged. Do something that brings you joy. Take care of you. And that was one of the biggest things that I had to learn and accept and really just start incorporating into my life because (laughs) being a mom, being a wife, I put everyone else's needs before myself, running multiple businesses. I got client work to do. I was always put on the back burner and I had to really, you know, essentially force myself to the front and say, nope, I need this time for myself. I need this hour. Live on the back burner. (laughs) Exactly. You can't. And you really can't serve, powerfully serve your clients. And you can't write your next book and you can't take care of your family if you're constantly running on empty. Exactly. That is that's just uh, the reality. Exactly. That's the hard truth. Right? And that's what we're all about here. Heart truth. Yeah, heart truth. <laughs> sugar coating going on here. <laughs> that's right. Okay. So once you realize that you needed help and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'm just I'm gonna go and seek help. What did you do? Where did you go? Like, so I know that you said you went to the doctor, you got medication, yep. but where did you go from there? So uh really it was simple. I just went and I got the medication from my doctor. The uh, she put me on, oh gosh, now I can't even think of what I was on the first time. She put me on one medication and it wasn't enough. And so then she put me on a second one as a booster. So I was on two medications. And of course, 
I'm not going to be able to think of what they are at the moment. <laughs> They'll come to me later. Um, but anyway, so I was on those for about eh, six months or so before I started to wean myself off. And I didn't do therapy. I didn't go and do any group counseling or anything like that for my grief. Uh, I really just focused inward and started working on myself. So I did a lot of journaling. Um, I started incorporating going for walks every day. Uh, even if it was just 15, 30 minutes, I'd go for walks. I changed my diet, cut out all the crap, so to speak, um, increased my water intake, really got into I'm making sure I was taking my supplements, all my vitamins <laughs> I needed to take that I was skipping out on. Um, what else did I do? Started doing my aromatherapy, uh, started doing some energy healing work. So I really just dove head first into that because part of me was really looking for a way that I could one, work through my grief and heal from it as much as you know you can, because let's be honest, when you lose someone, the grief never really goes away. You learn to live without them. And yeah the traditional methods of working through that really just, it wasn't for me. I didn't want to go sit in therapy and I didn't want to do group therapy and I didn't want to do all of those things. I just, mm -hmm. it wasn't my cup of tea. So yeah, and that's well, fine. And, everybody's different. Yeah. It just wasn't my cup of tea. I was like, yeah, it's good for some, but it's just, it wasn't for me. So mm -hmm. I was really looking for more natural ways to be able to work through that. And in conjunction with that, it was also really helping me with my anxiety and my depression because my anxiety, depression really was spiraling a lot because of my, my grief. So okay, I was working with them in tandem. So I was like, well, if I'm working on this with my grief, this will also probably help me with my depression and anxiety. And yeah. so I just really went on like this whole journey of trial and error and just testing different things out, doing a lot of research, okay. um, getting certifications and different like healing modalities. And you know, just, I mean, I just go head first into personal development. And well, that's good, on, though. <laughs> worked on myself and that's that's what I did you know and that's not maybe the route that most people would take but as a go-getter and someone that's very ambitious and it's not surprising that I went that route <laughs> for me it was it just seemed more of a, a natural way for me to go about my healing journey and you know I continue to you know keep in contact with my doctor and check in and gave her updates and you know she was okay with me weaning off and doing things naturally. So it was, it was wonderful to have that support from, you know, the yes. medical professional that, okay, if you feel like you can do this, let's try it. I support you. Yeah, let's yeah. see how this is going to work for you. And I just saw her a couple of weeks ago and she's like, you're doing it, you know, you're doing amazing. And if you, she said, if you need support, if you feel like you need that extra help, let me know. And we can try a different medication and try something else for you. So she's still there as like a resource. And that's something too, you know, that we should mention is, you know, whether you decide to go the Western medicine route and get on medication, yep. do it. If you decide that you want to go a more traditional and or more holistic and the non-traditional route, do it. If you want to do the combination of the two, do it. Yes. <laughs> do whatever works for you to get you better. Like, just do something. Don't yes, sit do something. in your grief or your depression yes. or whatever it is. Yes. Anything that's going on, you know, for you, just do what works for you. You know, I had so many people that are like, you can't be a holistic healing practitioner if you're on, if you're on medication for your depression. I'm like, okay, well, I don't believe that because sometimes you really need that extra help. So, so you're I'll saying that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be one saying... that I'll never shame you for that. Yeah, do what that's... you need to do to get through with what you've got going on and to help you heal. That's yeah. 
I'm a huge advocate for that. Whatever it is for you, as long as it's legal, <laughs> do it. Yeah. <laughs> In, in wherever you live. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, do it because don't feel, don't feel ashamed by your method because it might not be the same as someone else's. Yeah. Do what's going to work best for you because you're different. Your, your mental health and your mental illness is going to be different than someone else's. Yes. Exactly. So many people have depression, but their levels of depression are going to be different. Exactly. If coping is going to be different, you know, their your whole life story is different. So different. you can't do the same thing as somebody else. Exactly. That's why I always tell people, I'm like, I can tell you what's worked for me and I can tell you what's worked for some of my clients. Yeah. You know, try something. You know, the big thing is being open to trying something because yeah. you never know what's going to work. Like some of my clients are like, I can't do journal writing. It's just not for me. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, just just do one day for me, please. Yeah. Just one day that. of 10, 15 minutes of journaling and just write it out. Like for yeah. me, there's nothing, I don't know. There's just, there's something so therapeutic of just writing, whether it be typing on the computer or writing in the journal yeah. itself, it's a very therapeutic process and it's a release. And every time my clients have done that, when they've worked through really difficult, challenging moments or working through, you know, if they're having like anxiety attacks or whatever it is, it's a really powerful moment for them when they finally do it. And they're like, gosh, that was like the best feeling ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's you. Like, write it out. Like, seriously. Yeah, exactly. And they're always like, I'm not an author, Kayla. I'm not a writer. I'm like, well, you are going to be today for 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> and nobody's saying you have to like be an author. Exactly. Write something down. Right. Yeah. Don't worry about punctuation. Don't worry about everything. All the grammar. Don't yeah, worry about mistakes and spelling. Like, just write. Because it's going to give you a different perspective. And not only that, as you're writing, you're going to use a different part of your brain. So it's going to shut things off and you're going to tap into something else. Yeah. And for me, when I'm, when I'm writing, whether it be writing my actual books or writing in my journal, whatever it is, yeah. I always get a different perspective. I see things differently because I'm yeah. writing it out and I'm activating that different part of the brain. I'm like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Or exactly. it gives me, it sparks different ideas because I'm writing things down. Or yeah. I can even see uh, if I'm troubleshooting a problem, like, gosh, I really just can't work through this thing that's my mind is just hung up on because let's be honest, when you have anxiety, <laughs> you really just, hmm, you get so fixated on things all the time and you can't always work through them because you're so fixated on one thing and you, yeah. you're, you're putting yourself in the box and you can't see the big picture all the time. Yeah. So for me, writing that out, I can then kind of break out of that box and I can see things a little bit differently and it can help me troubleshoot what I need to work through. So, you know, really writing um, really is a catalyst to a lot of what I do when I'm really feeling stuck or blue or, you know, <laughs> when I'm angry and I need to just get out my frustration. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I write it down. And even with that, you know, I have had some clients like, I don't want anyone to ever see this. I'm like, that's okay. Write go. it down take it off, rip it, shred it. Yeah, it. exactly. No one has to see it. You can keep it or you can get rid of it, but just go through the process of writing it down because it really, you will see a shift in your thinking. You will start to feel better. You will see things a little bit differently and more clearly, and it'll help you start moving on to the next step of whatever that next step is going to be for you. That is such great advice. And so many of the guests talk about journaling. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there has to be something to it if almost everybody has mentioned it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I've even had clients who are like, well, I don't want to write and I don't want to type. I said, then do a voice journal if you really have to. 
and go back through and listen to what you recorded a couple of times and let it sink in. I said, obviously I want you to write it out because even typing it, it's different when you write it, when you're actually writing things out, it's just, yes, it really is more impactful. So I am an advocate for, you know, obviously writing it out, but do what works for you. I mean, if you do type it on the computer and you do a digital journal, great. If you want to do a voice journal, great, you know, but at least go back and read and re-listen to it because it will help you. Yeah. You got to do what works for you, but there are, there's so many ways to get Mm -hmm. it done now. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. So many ways. And people like, well, I don't want anyone to see it. And I said, well, then put it on an application that you can put a lock on it so that no one gets into it. Like stop with the excuses. There's so many ways to work around doing things for you that you can hide and protect yourself if you really need to. And well, and that's just it is people are great at coming up with excuses Yes, because it seems harder to do the work. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, at the time of doing the work, it is harder because it's mm-hmm. emotional. But once the work is done, it's actually not that hard. Like looking no, back on amazing. how, yeah, looking back at how to journal stuff, it's actually not hard, mm-hmm. but it is emotionally draining. But then you it do is. feel better after. You do. And it's working through, I mean, you're working through your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts. And yes, it, you do get exhausted and it is draining and you do dig up some things that you've maybe been buried <laughs> deep yeah. within that you don't want to acknowledge, but that's the whole point. The whole exactly. point of that is to really help you heal. And until you address the things that are going on in your life that are causing you to feel the way that you're feeling, you're always going to be feeling that way. So you need to, yeah. need to actually be brave enough and have the willingness to be able to dig deep and really figure out what is really causing the, the issues and not all this surface level garbage that everyone's like, oh, I have, for example, well, I have depression. Well, dig a little deeper. What's going on in your life? What's causing that depression? Yeah. Is there something from your childhood that, you know, you, maybe you're suppressing, you know, what, what's going on there and really just start digging in and, and looking at that. And so many people, it's interesting when I talk to others that they don't realize that they've experienced trauma on some level at some point in time in their life. Mm -hmm. And they also don't realize that they experience grief and loss through a lot of pivotal moments in their life. So whether they got divorced, have struggled with infertility, lost their job, lost their, you know, finances, all of those things trigger a traumatic response (laughs) and they can also trigger grief and loss to a certain extent. So, I mean, obviously it's different than if you lose a loved one, but you are going through those feelings of grief and loss and those exactly. can trigger your depression and your anxiety and other mental health issues. Yeah. And it's interesting that people don't really see, you know, see that correlation. And so for me, when I really started, you know, diving into this whole world of, okay, let's really figure out what's going on here. Cause I knew, obviously I knew it was more than just grief, you know, and I knew that there was depression, and anxiety. And as I started to unpack all the emotional baggage that I've been carrying yeah. and really start working through the root of the problem of things from my past that still keep coming up, that keep triggering me, that trigger my anxiety uh, until I started working through those and starting to heal from that, I'm always going to be triggered. So once I yeah. work through them, now those things are not as triggering and it's a process and it's not going to be an overnight success story of, yeah, I journaled and I'm perfect. Let's go. I no longer have any yep. issues going on. No, it's a, it's a process, you know, it's oh, a journey. man in here. I thought it was, yeah. I know. Right. It's like step of fingers. I'm good to go, yep. but you can start that healing journey. And over time, you're going to start getting better. 
you know, it, it takes time. Same for with like grief and loss. It takes time. You know, everything takes time for healing yes. and honor the journey that you're in because someone else may be able to heal through things a lot quicker than you. And you just might need more time. And that's okay. That's, that's for you. That's your journey. That's part of your healing process. And there's really no right or wrong way to that healing journey and really exploring what's going on with you and what's really happening internally that may be causing some of the things that are going on in your life or causing those triggers with your anxiety. I mean, don't compare your journey with somebody else's journey. Yeah. You're two different people. You can't do that. It's like comparing apples and oranges. Mm -hmm. You can empathize. Yeah. They're different. Exactly. Exactly. You can empathize. You can relate. You can be inspired by their journey, but don't compare yours to theirs because exactly. it's, it's, it's not the same. No, and, you know, so use other people's journey and their story as an inspiration, you know, use it as a, you know, a way to empower yourself, but definitely don't get hung up on like, well, they got better in six months. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't do it. You can't put a time frame on your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. If only magic right. wand step of fingers right. boppity boo yeah exactly <laughs> you know if only it worked that way but it you know it really doesn't no. you know so just honor the journey that you're on because that's the journey that you're meant to be on um you know and that was the big thing you know another big thing that I really had to learn and to embrace was that no matter how long it took I needed to be okay with the journey and just being patient that this journey was going to take time, that it wasn't going to happen for me as quickly as I wanted to, because let's be honest, you know, I'm at the end of the millennial stages here. So millennials, (laughs) they're very, you know, they want that instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm definitely, I like that instant gratification. So for me to be patient and to work through this healing and to keep trying, even when I want to give up, it's, you know, it's a struggle. I have to really force myself and really shift my mindset to be able to do it. But I can tell you when you start doing this, it is so rewarding and, and it's so powerful and transformative that, uh, you know, being able to tell others that you've worked through this really difficult time in your life, you work through, um, you know, finding your triggers with like your anxiety or whatever it is for you. But when you can share that and empower someone to be able to take control of their situation in their life, it really is a beautiful thing. Yeah. You've said that so perfectly. Yeah. Uh, so what have you written? Oh, yes. So I have written. uh, So last year, I released my book healing from grief, which talks all about obviously the journey of (laughs) healing from grief, and losing my dad and all the things that I did to help me uh, with my grief and my loss. And I have two books that are coming out this year, actually in July, I have transforming inner pain, which talks about all the adversities that I faced in the last 1015 years from my divorce to my nine-year infertility journey to miraculously conceiving my son <laughs> to my mental illnesses and everything in between. Um, wow. And I talk about that. Yeah. And I share essentially a framework of what I have utilized over the years to really help me bounce back from these setbacks all the time and continue to keep moving forward to be able to, to achieve my dreams and to hit my goals despite how bad things may have gotten at at one point in time, I've always been able to pick myself up and keep going. And so it has my framework in there. And then there's also the anthology that I'm putting together that is called Embracing the Journey, which is 
so Aww. perfect. <laughs> I love the title. Yeah. So I don't know if you know, but the book I just released this year is called Embracing Me. So I love that nice. you've got Embracing nice. Me journey. I love it. I love it. Well, and I gathered over 10 women. There's there's 14 of us total. And when I was thinking of the title for this book, I was like, what really encapsulates all of us? Because some people have worked through, you know, the things that are going on in their life and others are still working through them. It's part of, it, it's not going to go away. It's always going to yeah. be part of their journey. And so when I looked at it, I was like, well, we all have embraced the journey that we've been on, no matter yeah. if it was a short-term or a long-term situation. And so the title was really just perfect for me. So these women have shared their stories from their heart with such bravery, talking about toxic relationships and narcissism, grief and loss, miscarriages, divorce, um, health struggles, being a mom to a special needs child and everything in between. Like there's, there's literally a story for everyone. And I think that's why I love, I love anthology so much because it's not the standard. You got to read everything front to back. You yeah. know that if you are really needing some inspiration or you're really struggling with a certain, you know, a certain topic like infertility, yeah. you can fast forward to that chapter and read it for a little bit of inspiration. But yeah. it's a really, these women are, they're incredible. That's and awesome. really an honor to be on that journey with them and help them share the story and share how they have really learned to overcome their struggles and transform the inner pain and really healed and work through it. So they can then inspire others to be able to do that too. So both of those released in, in July. So I'm really excited to have those come out. That's super exciting. And, mm-hmm. um, and those will probably be released by the time this episode gets released. So yes. people can pick their copies up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and speaking of that, where will they pick their copies up? Yeah, absolutely. So the books will be available on Amazon and other online retailers. Um, so you'll be able to find them there. You can also go to my website, at calebreezy.com and they you'll be right there to navigate right to them as well Perfect. yeah I keep it simple I love it it makes things so much easier yes and where will people find you well just in role of keeping everything simple you can find me online all over social media at at Kayla Breezy. perfect I love that I love when you can get the at to be the same for everything yes it's great Yes, yeah, so it doesn't easy. always work out that way, but it's, I love when it does. Yeah, and it works out for me because my name's so short that I'm like, yes, it's always like the perfect amount of characters for me to be able to do it. And, you yeah, know, really. and I tell my clients too, I'm like, if you guys are starting a business and you're starting social media, go and secure all your usernames and all the platforms now, whether or not you use them right away, I don't care. Yeah, but, but get them now so that you have them so that if you decide that you want to use Twitter down the road, you have your username and it's not yeah. taken by someone else. So now you've got to have a different username because it's, it's hard. It's hard to find people when they have all these different usernames and trying to keep track. It's like, ugh. for me as a marketer, it's like a nightmare for me when my clients have that. So yes, <laughs> yes. FYI. so all of those links will be down in the description below so that you can easily find Kayla, give her a follow, pick up those books and uh, share them with everybody. Yay. Well, thank you, Kayla, so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. It was, it was great. Kayla was so fun to talk to. And then we ended up talking for a whole bunch afterwards. And I was like, oh my goodness, we have so much in common. We gotta have more episodes with you because I want this conversation on the main show, not on the Patreon. So, um, I guess she will be back another time. I don't know when, but she's definitely coming back on the show. Um, make sure that you check out her links in the description down below. Show her some love, give her a follow.
And we do have a Patreon. If you have not joined up yet, you get some behind the scenes footage from some of the guests and a little bit of extra um, writing that I might add on there for myself. Cause you know, as much as I don't talk about the fact I am an author myself. <laughs> Remember we do have a merch store. 10% of the proceeds go back to the Canadian Mental Health Association. And remember, the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly.